This is Jane Hardwick Collins, founder of the School of Shamanic Womancraft. Connecting to our inner dimensions. Inner reviews of transformation. When and how my life changed. Rewilding women with their stories of growth and transformation. Reclaiming feminine knowledge and power. Thank you for joining us. This is important and deep, serious work. Your podcast host and story guide, Ali Kate. Welcome, episode six of the School of Shamanic Womancraft podcast. Firstly, hey, big shout out and thank you, deep gratitude shout out to everyone that has taken the time to write a comment uh, on iTunes and uh, feeling into uh, acknowledging wholeness and really understanding what people are hearing um, when we talk to these amazing women. So thank you and I am deep blessings and would love you guys to hop on and comment and leave a rating because that just helps get this message out there, which is important. News and information. Happy Beltane in the Southern Hemisphere, post-Beltane here and in the Northern Hemisphere, Sawin, happy, happy times, lifting the veils for both and some creations here that I just want to mention because it's so worth it and so amazing. Firstly, uh, altar cards. There's a 31 card set and they've got a gorgeous calico bag with them and there's a set for the Southern and Northern Hemisphere. So they're a shamanic tool to help us remind us that in nature, all things change. So the cycles include earth seasons and the Sabbaths, women's life seasons, lunar cycle and the menstrual cycle. Um, These cards are gorgeous and go to moonsong.com.au for more information. 65 plus postage, um, Australia and overseas. Also, just stay tuned and keep your eyes and ears out and Patreon is coming. Um, There's a lot of offerings that Jane Hardwick Collings will be doing on Patreon itself and it will be birthed soon on the new moon. So stay tuned for that one. And that will offer Red Talk each month, online women's circles, private mentoring and so much more. So stay tuned. And in this episode, what you are just about to listen to is the absolutely insightful and successful businesswoman, entrepreneur, author, uh, modern day priestess, most important job, that one, speaker, author, and she's a life coach and she coaches the coaches. And she took some of her time, which I 
deeply thank to come onto the podcast and you will have such a good insight in here if you're interested in business. Um, but not only that, just how deep um, a journey with a school can go and play out into your life. So uh, open your hearts and enjoy this episode. Beautiful. Welcome to you, Julie. Uh, Julie Parker. Welcome to the School of Shamanic Womancraft podcast and thank you. Your time is so precious and so valued um, amongst so many, I'm sure. So for taking this hour with us, I extend my heart to you and thank you for being here. Oh, well, thank you so much, Ali. It's a pleasure and a joy and I'm really, really happy to be here. Thank you. So as I hold my hand on my heart, you're a priestess, a speaker, an author, a life coach, and you're a coach of the coaches. <laughs> um, you host a podcast called The Priestess Podcast, which I'll link all your amazing work in the notes to. And uh, right now, as you sit with me, we're going to talk about your journey with the School of Shamanic Womancraft. So maybe you can tell me um, what year it was where you stepped into that first gathering and how that felt for you? Yeah, my first gathering with the School of Shamanic Womancraft, which then unfolded a truly incredible year for me, was right at the end of 2016, December 2016. And then I journeyed throughout the year uh, right through the 2017 year. So that, even though I started in 2016, it really feels more like it was 2017 was the year that was my most intensive time with the school. And I completed that uh, in the Otways in Victoria, which is my home state here in Australia, uh, with the wonderful Nim Fox Harper. And it was an incredible experience and still very much resonating and reverberating through me now, you know, 12 months later. Mm. And what I like to ask is what, what, where did it come from to join um, mm. and journey? What was the pull for you? What was the need now that you can look at it retrospectively, I guess? Well, very interestingly, the eventual, I could give you the story that, <laughs> there's kind of two stories, Ali. I could give you the story that I heard Nim as the leader of my experience speak at a festival and I heard and was a participant in a workshop that she ran there around shamanic ecology and I was instantly drawn to her. I just found her style and way of presenting and talking about the great mother just to be so healing and so beautiful and I thought to myself, gosh, I would really love an opportunity to maybe do some more work with that woman. And at that point in time, I didn't know anything about the School of Shamanic Womancraft. And at that festival where I heard her speak, the option to do the school, uh, the year was not available. It wasn't at that time. 
But really the secondary and deeper layered story as to why I eventually stepped in and said yes to this actually started before then when I was having a series of dreams uh, that were coming to me semi-regularly and I, I put dreams in inverted commas a little bit, Ali, because some of them were not really quite dreams. They were quite frightening actually and and bordered on being a little bit nightmarish and I realized that I was being visited even though I was resistant to it to begin with I was being visited by the archetypal energy of the dark goddess and she was really really fiery and really calling me in to have a look at myself and a number of things that I was doing in relation to my practical priestessing in the world and the eventual outcome of that exploration for me was that she was really telling me that I needed to really be in much better right relation with Mother Earth and that my desk job and my computer time was really not serving me in the way that it needed to as a modern priestess and woman that was, you know, in a spiritual leadership capacity. And she's, and basically the message was, you need to find a way to go back to her. You were once this vibrant, incredible green little farm girl and you've lost it. You know, you've become bound to your desk, bound to your phone. You need to sort this with yourself. This is the thing that is calling you right now. And of course, such things in life are not a coincidence. I later on, I went to that festival because I was desiring to do a little bit of camping and have some female friendship time. And I saw Nim there and then didn't do anything further with it. And then only about a month later, after starting to follow her on social media, there was the invitation to be part of a year-long program with the School of Shamanic Womancraft and it just fell straight in my lap. And I was an immediate yes, even though there were lots of barriers that my own mind and ego and fear put up in front of me about not doing it, I realised that it was the gift that I had been looking for and stepped in anyway. I love it. Mm. <laughs> I love it on so many levels because uh, I've spoken to people and that's that kind of innate yes, but then your ego is like, oh, well, what about this and what about this and, <laughs> da, 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 and goes on and yes. on and on. Mm. Um, but then the strength of the intuitive yes, that pull is so strong sometimes and uh, just like you said with the the dreams that were really intense, that calling uh, it can be so strong for us sometimes, can't it, to really pull out um, these messages where we need to step into something. Totally. And I think that anyone that's ever worked with the goddess and archetypal energies will know too, which, you know, simply is your own energy coming to you in a certain form, that you can resist it, ignore it, deny it, push it aside for as long as you want, but that it will just keep coming back. 
It'll just keep coming back over and over again, not necessarily in the same form. But truth be told, Ali, I was a bit over those dreams. Like mm. I was I was frightening myself a bit. Like I was really calling, you know, that dark energy was just like, you know, you are not in alignment here. Um, there, you, there is something really missing from your spiritual practice and you are not looking at it deeper enough and, yeah, it wasn't until I sort of went, okay, well, what are we trying to say here? What am I trying to hear? What do I need? Instead of just going, oh, that's very odd. Why am I having these strange dreams? I've got to stop maybe having a glass of wine so late at night. You know, maybe that's what's mm. causing it. But it wasn't at all. It was a message that I needed to hear. And it wasn't until I started to pay attention to it and then consciously do something about it that they, of course, they softened and went away because I listened to what I needed. Yeah, I love that too. I really connect. It's it's like, you know, something with our body that goes wrong and it's an alert signal and we're very much designed here to uh, push it aside, mask it and, you know, move on. But uh, mm. holistically, those messages, they're there for us to sit with them and hold them and uh, to find space and I guess... I hope that you can resonate with this, with, with what I found with the school of shamanic woman craft was that ability to be in a safe container to sit with these messages and knowing and remembering and to bring it into that, to that fullness. Um, mm. Because out here it's, it's very tricky to sort of go back to your desk the next day and tell everyone, well, I'm having these really weird dreams and like the goddess of like, you know, Inanna is calling me and (laughs) um, it's, you know, it's a bit borderline like you've got to find that balance, don't you? And um, just to have a space to explore that um, through the archetypes and through the goddesses and, yeah, not to Absolutely. mask it. Yeah, for sure. And, yeah. you know, what you say, Ali, about the school and the experience of journeying with all of the the women and the apprentices and leaders throughout that experience, uh, Nim and, and also um, Grace Funk, who was a part of the journey as well, and some beautiful apprentices and other women, was incredibly safe. Uh particularly emotionally and psychologically and spiritually. You know, I truly just cannot fathom to myself what anybody could have said or raised or shared that they were experiencing that would have been viewed uh, or seen in any dire way. You know, for me physically, and I think this is probably important to share, There were times when my ego throughout the experience did not have me feeling physically safe, even though I absolutely and 100% was. But there were times throughout the experience where we experienced some pretty wild storms and weather. And I must admit that that rattled me a little bit. Um, And I had to sort of move through that myself, Um, you know, some pretty intense flooding rain and, oh, my gosh, am I going to be able to keep my footing here? But that's also because, and I think this is also worth sharing, um, I have a a slight physical disability um, in that I've got a degenerative um, hip 
and knee disease, which I've had since I was born. And so uh, I'm not the most, I'm absolutely 100% mobile and most people don't know this about me at all. But sometimes when the ground is very uneven or it's extremely cold or I don't feel confident in my footing, um, I can lose my footing quite easily and, um, you know, not have that confidence around myself. And I just cannot praise the school enough and all of the the women that were a part of this experience with me because I think there were many many times when they could see when that you know the rain was just gushing everywhere and we were dealing with slippery rocks and bracken and mud which was all meant to be a part of the experience that I was quite on high alert for myself and they were incredible. They were just so helpful and right there with me the whole time. And so physically for me, I think that was probably the most challenging aspect of the experience without question. And I'm sure that it would have felt much more so if I hadn't have been so beautifully emotionally and spiritually held throughout the whole thing. Yeah, and just feeling when you uh, speak about this, uh, that connection with grounding and your physical body and thank you so much for sharing this and the insights that you got seemingly from the school um, on that physical body level of being grounded and then the floods coming in and slippery rocks and finding your feet and trying to feel that confidence and being held um, mm. that feeling of just being held through that uh, it's it's wow <laughs> yeah it was it was it was really wonderful because and that was probably the biggest ego thing for me right at the very beginning before stepping in and saying yes to the experience and even my husband said to me he said Jules are you serious <laughs> he said mate come on he said this he said how is your hip and knee going to handle this he said you he said no bed no you know he said none of this the orthopedic bed that we've got at home and you know all of those sorts of things and you know he said cold he said you know that your hip and knee doesn't cope with a cold and all of that sort of stuff and I said I believe I'll be okay I said I really really believe that I will be all right I said and I have to do this I said I I just, I'm called and I have to do it. And I said, ultimately in the end, if it's not for me and I feel like I'm, and I know that I'm not going to make it, then I will deal with that then. I said, but I can't not try. And there Mm. was not one time throughout the whole 12 months of the experience where I thought this is not for me. I need to pack this up and go home. There was certainly one night in with that storm and driving rain where I was petrified because I honestly felt like I was going to fall over all the time. Um, and it was dark and it was howling and it was just, and I just kept breathing through it and saying, this is a test, this is a test. You've got this, you're okay. The dark goddess is here. She's talking to you. You, you are going to make it. You just have to get from here to your tent and then sleep it off. You'll be fine. And I did. And, and so it was worth it in the end, you know, to, to push through it. And the sense of achievement, Ali, at the end, I cried like a baby for myself at the end. 
when I was presented with my certificate, cried my eyes out because I was so damn proud of myself for pushing through that at varying different times and 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 making it through and committing to the whole end, even though at times it was physically painful and challenging and difficult, it was so worth it. Mm, wow, that's a, the the true um, standing, isn't it? That sovereignty, that showing up, the mm. um, you know the part where you say where you received your certificate, um, just feeling probably everyone holding you at that point too. Um, Wow. (laughs) Mm, Yeah, it was wonderful. Can I just ask, um, you spoke before about, you know, with the dreams and um, you went back to your childhood quickly there and I think you said you were the green farm goddess or... (laughs) Green farm girl. (laughs) Girl, green farm girl. Mm. Tell me about that. Was Was there like moments there when you were really thinking again retrospectively and tapping back into that inner child and... Were you feeling that priestess part of yourself as a child? Could you could you relate to the way you were as a child? And oh, most definitely. You know, the the whole experience with the school was very much one that brought a lot of ancestral and lineage and childhood things to the surface for me really, really significantly actually. And my passion for exploring that as a a woman now in relation to my red thread has not left me. And I'm currently doing an ancestral healing course, which I'm absolutely loving. It's just a course online, nothing as intensive as the school. And it really sparked within me an absolute passion for, you know, looking back and being reverent about who I've come from and where I've come from and the influences and patterns that have existed in my life, some of which, of course, as it is for all of us, really wonderful threads and patterns and other threads and patterns that I've been committed to breaking. And, and changing in my own life. But it certainly was an experience that brought up for me the last time that I was very, very connected to Mother Earth in an intensive and ongoing way. And that was most definitely as a girl and as a teenager because I was raised on a farm and it was a beautiful working property and it involved a lot of work but also a lot of, you know, joyful time in nature as well. Beautiful orchards and trees and a dam to swim in and, you know, all of those sorts of things. And and so there was no doubt that that raised a lot of, you know, childhood memories for me and also connected to that a lot of lineage and ancestral things because that farm was owned by my grandparents and so I lived in a multi-generational family and so it made me think a great deal about my my grandmother who's still alive and my grandfather who has passed and surrounding family and my mother and things like that so it was it was such an all-encompassing experience, you know, so holistic, so deep, um, yeah, truly beautiful. And so there was no doubt that there was a lot of things come up for me there. Mm. Did you 
as a kid, like I, as a kid, I used to always in my house go and try and find like secret bricks or things like that. I always thought there was like secrets everywhere. Did you do that? Like oh, think totally. that your grandparents had secrets. <laughs> <laughs> well, I never, I don't know, I never so much thought about them as having, like personally having secrets, but the land itself, she had secrets. I felt and you know it was just fascinating to me to explore her trees and depths and valleys and corners and pockets and things like that so beautiful so wonderful and I lost that when I when I left the farm to go away to university and I lived on campus on college amazing time in my life of friendship and exploration and learning and then moving to Melbourne and living in the city still going back to the farm regularly a lot but that very intense bond with the great mother was no longer there for me you know I was living a different life and and so when I I even though I'm still you know get out and walk on the beach and ground and do all those sorts of things it's not the same Mm. It's just not the same. And what this year with the school really did for me was just intensely connect me back into her and has now made me a great deal more determined to maintain that relationship in a way that I can while still living in a city. Uh, But certainly the commitment is much greater now than it ever used to be. Mm, wow yeah it's it's almost like and I I really relate with that too is um going back to that place of wonder you know when you're a child and exploring and life was just full of wonder and uh you know when we make that transition into our new lives you know um we're we're surrounded by certainty like things need Mm. to be answered or justified or there's a certainty and that slowly dissolves that child wonder and you're exactly right the school has that that container to bring back the wonder and bring it into the to our present no matter where we are it does you're 100% correct about that it really really does because there were times throughout my experience where it truly felt whimsical Mm. you know you would be just sitting there having breakfast very early in the morning and you could hear birds singing and a little conversation was maybe happening between two people over to the side and you were thinking about the fact that you know the day unfolding ahead was all going to be about exploring yourself and uncovering things about you as a woman and a cyclic creature and all of that and it was just like oh my gosh what is this world you know (laughs) what is this universe how blessed I feel to be here in this moment Mm, yeah exactly how I felt too yeah Mm. just that sort of sense of so much um anticipation that this day was just purely about myself and everyone here being held together you know and doing the work mm. that needs to be done to to um remember and reclaim and and love and wonder exactly yeah <laughs> do you still have your family farm no we don't anymore um when my it was it was with us until 
I was well and truly into my 20s. Um, in fact, it could have been even my early, th- actually, no, that's not true. It was with us until I was into my early 30s. But then once my grandfather passed, uh, it just became too big uh, for my remaining uncle and then grandmother and mother to run on their own. Uh, you know, something that I don't think a lot of people know if they've never been around farms or farm life a lot is they're actually a lot of hard work. Mm. You know, it, it's a beautiful environment to grow up in but it is relentless and you you can't have a holiday or a sick day really when there are animals to tend to and crops that need nurturing and so many other things it's it it is relentless work and it just reached the point where for my uncle and grandmother in particular there wasn't going to be any way that they could sustainably continue that and and live a really nice life for the rest of their life Mm -hmm. and so the farm was sold which was very which was a necessary thing but oh gosh very sad for us all um very poignant um driving out of there for the last time Mm -hmm. and um my nan and uncle um moved into uh Ballarat so a larger country town and um, they've happily been there ever since. You are listening to the School of Shamanic Womancraft podcast series with Ali Kate. Subscribe to our podcast via iTunes and all good podcast players. Um, I like to talk about to one of the big things that we explore when going through the school is like our own birth stories, but also our menarch. And um, for a lot of us, it's been dismissed or um, not, you know, a, a rite of passage, I guess, mm. that's not been honoured. And what was that like for you? Could you talk about that for us and how the school um, helped with that story? Yeah, look, I think that my story of Menarch was from how it was told to me, probably quite similar to many women of my generation's experience. I'm in my um, mid-40s now. And that is that my mum told me about it, but the thing that I chiefly remember about that experience was how uncomfortable she was. And mum and I had a very um, beautiful and loving relationship and we still do. And all I can, I, I do not remember what she told me about it. All I remember was this overwhelming feeling that she wanted whatever she was telling me to be finished yesterday. (laughs) and that she couldn't get it out quick enough and so what she actually said I do not know I just remember thinking she was very uncomfortable didn't want it to be transpiring and that of course as a young child made me uncomfortable as well and it wasn't really something that I gave any significant thought to but then the onset of my menarche was very um, dramatic in a way 
but then ended up being for the remainder of my life, I feel very blessed that I have been a woman that has had uh, a regular, easy, you know, non-painful or and, and difficult cycle. You know, it's been quite regular. But interestingly enough, the onset of it for me at 10 and a half, so quite young, wow. yeah. was very um, awful. And basically for the first three weeks that I began to bleed, I bled profusely and clotted, like bled significant clots as well. And actually it had to end up being hospitalized for about four days while they attempted to work out what was wrong because there was no way that you know, any woman or young girl at that age was going to be able to keep up that level of blood loss without getting sick. And then as soon as it felt like it had started and just come in such a massive red flood, uh, it stopped. At about the three-week mark, um, I don't necessarily remember what sort of medications they might. I I know that I wasn't put on the pill because my mother refused that. Um, I'm not sure what other sorts of medications they tried or whether there was anything significant, but then it just stopped at the three-week mark, uh, so about the 21-day mark. And then from the very next period that I had the following months, I was, I've never been like clockwork, but always within pretty much a, a usual cyclic 28-day realm for the rest of my life. So, so strange because I think my mum was petrified that I was going to have a lot of issues and problems, which is pretty normal, I guess, given how things started out. But after then, everything seemed to settle and it was okay. So a bit dramatic to begin with, but then nice and usual. And did any of that come up when you were doing your journey for the year? Most definitely. Yeah, most definitely. And it really made me think about that time because as a a 10 and a half year old girl, you know, I was really frightened. And, you know, all of a sudden I was bleeding, um, you know, from my vagina, something that I'd never, ever experienced before. And it wasn't just a little bit like it was coming it was coming through me in absolute floods and I felt really scared and out of control about that. And uh, so recounting that story and experience was very healing for me in also looking at patterns for myself of where else I felt out of control in my life and how I respond and react to that. And I think that that's one of the most wonderful things about this experience with the school and that is looking at these significant life events in your journey as a woman and seeing how they show up for you in either positive or maybe otherwise patterns that are good for you to look at now as an adult woman. So it was it was really wonderful to do that work. It's a, it's a beautiful thing to gently open up those old containers in our life and uh, give them love, I guess. Absolutely. And so, so healing to do so. Yeah. And, and 
one of the biggest things is the menarche, um, which is a great starting point, I guess, for a lot of healing and a lot of work. And the school just does it beautifully mm. and holds that space beautifully. Yes, for sure. Mm. What goddess spoke to you the most? This just come to me. Is there anyone like during your journey or even now that you tune into? Mm. During my journey, undoubtedly the womanly archetypal energy uh, and goddess, although I appreciate some people don't consider this person a goddess and I understand that, but she is very much to me. But the, the person or the goddess that was journeying with me the most throughout my time with the school was Mary Magdalene. Yay. Yeah. I love her. Yeah, she was with me very, very, very strongly throughout the the entire experience. And she really came into prominence for me on the first weekend that I was away with the school when we did a, a beautiful meditation and exercise where we were called to uh, look at and call in our higher guides, uh, or higher guide for the experience. And believe me when I tell you, Ali, no one was more shocked than me uh, that there she was before me um, instantly, like Mary Magdalene. And I was like, what? Are you serious? Like I... You know, I was raised in a Christian household but not one that went to church regularly or religion has never been a very, very significant part of my upbringing. And I just had never really worked with her, thought about her, had any significant or deep connection to her at all but there she was and it was undeniable and I had learned enough from working with the goddess before to not ignore that otherwise I would do so at my own peril and so she came to me and so I deliberately made a commitment to keep going back to her and I worked with her very intensively throughout that year and am continuing to do so. There's been some other goddesses and energies that have come to me. She's not as prominent as she once was during that experience but I really feel as though that was the core of her time with me is that essentially she came to say I'm here to love and guide you through this journey and she did. Mm, yeah, I love that. She's really speaking to me at the moment too and I actually it wasn't that long ago I listened to your podcast with uh, she has a podcast herself called The Magdalene mm, Maria Stella Goulstrup. Mm, mm. Yeah. Um and really just resonate with her story and I mean not the story the story I guess for me is what it's my own unique version of her and you have your own unique version of her and that which is the beauty of exploring archetypal goddesses or gods or Mm -hmm. you know we can create our own journey with them and to take on their qualities and uh, Mary for me, brings up a lot of sacral um, womb wisdom for me. She really 
tunes me into that and um yeah she's amazing Mm, mm, absolutely and an incredibly beautiful energy to work with very strong very powerful doesn't take any bs but very loving very compassionate very um healing yeah Mm. Yeah. Very loving, compassionate and healing. Mm. Did you ever read the Magdalene Manuscript? Book? No, I haven't read that. Uh, I have heard about it though, but I, I haven't actually read it. There now seems to be so many interesting yeah. books coming out about mm. uh, Mary, which is fascinating and um yeah, so many to read, but I haven't read that one. I've heard though. I've heard it's good. I'll let you know when I, it's in my pile <laughs> of about 100. <laughs> good luck. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've got this thing with books, like I just have to buy them even mm-hmm. though I know that I've got 10 lined up on my bed and you know, <laughs> some in the office, some in the kitchen and I just I like got this really addictive thing with books I'm like I just want them (laughs) (laughs) I understand I I appreciate that I'm trying not to buy as many as I once used to but oh gosh books are beautiful they are beautiful and I adore them too Mm. I love staring at the unread ones that I have and knowing that there's so much wisdom there that I still need to bring into (laughs) my life knowing Mm. I think they tell me that I don't know everything you know it brings me back to that um maybe that space where I get to like okay like Mm -hmm. I you know my ego thinks that I'm I've got this but it just brings Mm -hmm. me back to no there's there's so many people out there that are doing the work and yeah yeah (laughs) for sure so so you're a very successful business woman uh do you like to be called an entrepreneur is that still a like word to say or how do you yeah look I don't really have any preference to tell you the truth sometimes Mm. it's businesswoman sometimes it's entrepreneur um Mm. creative business owner it doesn't really matter to me truth Mm. be told yeah Mm. so I would love to talk about and this is something that you would like to spread as a message too on how your journey with the school has helped you in business because there is so many women I know so many women and I'm one of them that are, you know, stepping into that um, knowing that it's okay to receive and to put value onto yourself as a woman and a woman in business. I mean, there's so much into it Um, Mm -hmm. and I would love to know for you stepping into, that has stepped into your power into business, um, especially what the school has brought for that and how that plays out into your life now. Yeah, it's such a great question, Ali. Thank you so much for asking it of me. And so I, my main business is I run a training academy that trains people to become life coaches. Most of them, uh, 99% of them are women. And I've been doing that for about five years now and 12 years before that uh, I was practising as a life coach uh, and a business coach myself and I absolutely love it. I'm, I'm completely passionate about it and the beautiful women that it brings into my life are just extraordinary and I'm so blessed by it every day. 
When I enrolled in the school, I never for a moment, and this is really quite true, I never for a moment considered doing the experience because it was somehow or another going to help me with my business. If anything, in being perfectly frank with you, I was worried that it was going to take away from it because of the huge commitment of time that it was going to take to do this experience, which is absolutely necessary for you to have the immersion that you need. But I thought to myself, how am I ever over the Vision Quest experience in particular, how am I meant to be offline for seven days? Like seriously, my whole world is going to collapse there. You know, I'm running a global online training academy here. How am I going to do that? And I just had that voice inside me that kept saying, don't worry about that. It'll sort itself out. People will help you. People will back you up. And ultimately in the end, if something really, really, really bad happens, you, you'll be able to deal with it. You'll, you know, there will be a way to manage it. Stop catastrophizing, Julie, and just get on with it, basically. Uh, I never for a moment thought that it would help me with my business at all, but it did. And I think the core way that it did was not really in a practical sense. Like I, I can't stand here and say to you, you know, that it bought me more clients or enrolments or it made me more money in a direct way or gave me bigger exposure or anything like that. And I think sometimes when people think about your business being positively impacted, those are the things that they naturally think about. Whereas I've always kind of believed that those things are very secondary in relation to who you are and who you're becoming as a person. And so the, the way that the school positively impacted my business is that it allowed me to develop a sense of sovereignty confidence and self-belief within me that if I could undergo that 12 months of intense learning, unlearning, at times physical challenge, emotional challenge, spiritual challenge and come out the other side of that uh, stronger and more connected to myself, that basically I could do anything. And so a lot of fears and concerns that I had and had been harbouring at different times about myself, about shining too much, about stepping out too much, about... uh, marketing myself and my business about what people thought of me about whether they would think that you know this was hokey and wrong and I I wasn't approaching it from a corporate perspective therefore how could it be taken seriously and so much more those are the things that it, it impacted and what I've found in my business is that I take more risks now I have more courage I'm a better leader I delegate a lot more. I allow my team to do a lot more, whereas previously I was a great deal more controlling and wanted to have my fingers on and in everything. I don't do that anymore. I have let go 
of a lot of things. I've given up control of how things should be managed and how things should look and am trusting in the women who work in my business with me uh, a great deal more to let them shine and to know that they've got my back and that they love and believe in the academy and this business just as much as I do. And so you just can't put a price on gaining that from an experience. Like it is just exponential and will continue to have a rolling impact, I believe, for as long as I'm doing this business and as long as I'm open to continuing to hear and learn the lessons from it. So I was not expecting that at all. But owning your own business is probably the greatest personal development journey that you'll ever go on. And certainly being a part of the school was the greatest personal development journey I have ever experienced. And so it is a natural given thing, even though I didn't realise it at the start, that the two would deeply impact each other. Mm. Yeah, I I can really feel just back to when you said, you know, you know, you don't go into this thinking this is going to bring me more money or more clients or bookings, et cetera, et cetera. It's really that journey that you've had is what is the person that is you're attracting things to, you know, your yeah. the shift that we have in not only our identity but our being, our presence, our, uh, how we relate, Um that's the person that the the money or the clients or the bookings might come to and that change within that um, resonates to the people that you work with. Uh, mm. mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, definitely. Definitely it does. So just beautiful outcomes there for me, beautiful. Mm. I really just love how you spoke of that then. It's um, especially for women and I see this so much, it's we just – devalue ourselves in business Mm. Um, and there's so much work and the work that you do um, with the 99% women and I'd love to know who the 1% man is (laughs) because he sounds amazing. (laughs) Yes, he usually is. It's a very special man that steps into our um, our zone, that's for sure. It's because it's not for everybody. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I I just – I could see the gifts that you must get from this when you just step back and go, wow, look at this community that's Mm. around and how we're learning from each other and growing together. And Mm. this work that you do is so, so important Um, and your calling. You know, I just think back to those dreams that you had and that point of like I've had enough of this and that you showing up to that is the you that I'm talking to now and I'm so grateful to be sharing this conversation with that you, with this Julie. Mm, Thank you and I'm so grateful to be here and I just really know that my time with the school is something that's going to continue to reverberate with me for life, absolutely without question. It's just Mm. a, a lifelong gift. Yeah, good message to spread. Undoubtedly, I feel the same. It's like the the circle's never broken. You Mm. feel that safety every time I go back to it. Mm. So true. So true. Any final parting messages to uh, women that are like thinking, oh, I don't know, you know, like (laughs) going through 
blockages and things, any messages that you can gift to for this podcast? Mm. Look, I would just love to encourage any woman that is seriously considering or even flirting <laughs> with the idea of undertaking this experience with the school just to open up your heart and take a leap and do it. It has truly been one of the most amazing things that I've ever gifted myself. And while at times it was very stretching and challenging and I would even go so far as to say hard, it was meant to be those things. And it was meant to be really challenging for me. It was also incredibly loving, funny, joyous, moving and beautiful. And I was not the same woman at the end. Oh, I'm getting slightly emotional. I was not the same woman at the end of that year as I was when I started. I was so much more myself and it really allowed me to come home to myself and and find myself in a, a new and incredible way as a woman that's at the midpoint of her life and realising that I've come so far and there's still so, so much to go. And so from my perspective, I just couldn't imagine a better spend of any woman's time, especially a woman who is craving a deeper connection with the great mother and a deeper connection with other women and herself. And let's face it, we've got some sisterhood issues at the moment. There's a lot of healing that needs to take place. Uh, The patriarchy ripped us apart uh, and still attempts to do that in so many ways. And the school provides this incredible container to develop deep and extraordinary and beautiful bonds and experiences with other women that you can then reflect on and develop a deeper relationship and bond with yourself. So it's such a gift and I just can't recommend it highly enough. Thank you, Julie. I would love to scrape out your mind. I just love listening to you speak. I get into a bit. I've just sort of zoned off into this nice dreamy statement. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just love your ability to pull that out and speak that so beautifully. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Now, uh, the beautiful You Coaching Academy, I'll put the links in the show notes, but the Priestess podcast. So if people look that up on iTunes or mm. all the good podcast players. And they yeah. Can tune in. Yep. Just called the Priestess podcast. And uh, yeah, it's such a joy and a light in my life, that one. So and looking forward to having the beautiful Jane Hardwick Collins on next year. So that will Yay. be wonderful. Mm. you've got done quite a few podcasts and a lot of amazing people that you've spoken to it's a great podcast to listen thank to you. so I would definitely thank recommend you. that to anyone listening julie parker green nature goddess thank you so much <laughs> <laughs> thank you ali it's been such a pleasure to be with you for more information on today's inner review with photos and how to connect head over to schoolofshamanicwomancraft.com forward slash media forward slash podcast.
Subscribe to our podcast via iTunes and all good podcast players. We are all in this together.